Balls and Beards podcast, episode 25 already. Welcome back, everybody. Sports guy Chris. I am here, of course, with my good friend Mikey once again. Mikey, how are you doing on this lovely Southern California Wednesday uh, morning? Dude, I am doing fantastic, buddy. Excellent. Fantastic. Happy belated Mother's Day out there to everybody. Absolutely, to all the moms. Yes, totally agree. Uh, happy belated Mother's Day, of course. Uh, Mikey's in a particularly good mood because yeah. his Lakers have had a couple of big W's here in yes, the last sir. week. Of course, guys, we've got the NBA playoffs right around the corner, really heating up. We've got a lot of great NBA talk today to get to, of course. Um, we're going to lead off still with a little bit of NFL news and really about the only thing going on with kind of the Aaron Rodgers thing simmering down. Everybody's done giving out draft grades. But the Jaguars decided to make some news, interestingly and are going to sign Tim Tebow. So we're going to lead off with a little discussion on that, and then we'll dive in with some Lakers talk and get to all the great ongoings with the NBA playoffs around the corner. But, Mikey, let's lead yes, off with that today. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of talk around the league right now. This has been a kind of a surprisingly controversial signing right yes. now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I want to get your take on this. What do you think of the Jaguars bringing in team Tim Tebow? Um, you think the guy can still play? I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to get your take on this. You know, I mean, I've never been, um, obviously being a relatively outsider looking in football fan. Sure. You know, I, I was never really a fan of the Tim Tebow thing. I get it. He was a winner. You know, yeah. he won national titles in Florida yeah. with Urban Meyer. You know, I, I understand, you know, that he's a good football player, but I think that, you know, he was, became a victim of his own success little the doing the Tebow, you know, became kind of like an early, you know, dab kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and 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 people people really liked, you know, he was a, a man of faith. And there was a lot of things that went into this guy that I think distracted from his ability to actually play football. Yeah. Play I football think that's well. Fair. Yeah. Um I, I think that because of this signing and because of the relationship with the head coach of the Jaguars and I get it he's not bring, being brought in as a quarterback he's being right, brought in as right. a tight end yep, yep. Um, you know as you pointed out prior to us hitting record you know this is a guy that stayed in shape playing minor league baseball you know yep. he tried his hand at tra- becoming a professional baseball player it didn't quite work out for him but he's clearly in good shape he, he's been he's been keeping himself fit mm. I get that I do think however that a lot of the NFL players that have issue with this it's not that they have issue necessarily with team tebow himself i think they have issue with the fact that yet this is a guy that's in his 30s that's getting yet another crack at being in the nfl and yet you do have somebody like colin kaepernick that's on the outside looking in who again has not had the ability to to crack another nfl roster now whether or not tim tebow actually makes a roster you know makes the roster he gets cut right right remains to be seen yeah Yep. But again, why couldn't, you know, why is it that Colin Kaepernick couldn't be, why couldn't an imaginary, imaginative offensive coordinator or head coach yeah. take a look at Colin Kaepernick's abilities and say, look, I can do X, Y, and Z with this dude. Yeah. Let's try and bring him in. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not the first one that's thought about this. A, a no, lot of NFL players not. have yeah. talked about this. Yeah. Obviously, talk radio, totally. podcasts, ESPN, everybody's kind of brought this up. And I, and I think it's a valid point. Because again, and anytime you're going to have somebody that's not been around for a while, that's getting a look, this is going to get brought up. Yeah, I and, you're and right. I and I think that you know because I think Tim Tebow fits a certain mold. Yeah. I think because he's not as controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Gives him a little bit more credence to why he's getting another shot in the NFL as opposed to somebody like Colin. Well said. Yeah, well said, Mikey. I I think you hit, you know, uh, a nail on the head right there with that part of it. So, you know, that was a great breakdown. And and you're 100% right. A lot of the initial, you know, kind of negative feedback has been exactly that. Hey, why is this guy getting a shot? Why not cap and everything like that? So... I'm going to take a slightly different approach than most on this one. I actually think it's a good move for Jacksonville, and I'll tell you why. The guy was extremely popular in Florida. Um, You know, Urban Meyer, obviously, which you hinted on, recruited the guy, coached him. um, And you could argue, while Urban Meyer was very successful at Ohio State, those two guys, while together, both had the most success that either one has experienced in their respective careers. During that four-year period of time, they were together in Florida. 
So I get the aspect of, hey, let's, you know, I'm familiar with this guy. Sure. All that kind of stuff. You know, Tebow won a lot in college, even won a lot in the NFL for this brief period he was there. So, but to me, it's a low risk thing. They're not guaranteeing anything. They're not offering him a super huge contract. Like you pointed out, they're bringing him in to like try out to play tight end. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You cut him, whatever. It's a low risk thing. But you're at the same time. Yeah. Are you going to try to, are you trying to sell tickets with this move? Absolutely. Jacksonville needs that. Okay. This, this franchise a couple years ago was on the cusp of a Super Bowl. They led the Patriots late in the game at New England to go to the Super Bowl. And then Tom Brady happened like usual. And instead mm-hmm. they went. And it's been a downhill spiral for the Jaguars real quick, real fast since yeah. then. Star defensive players wanted out, asked for trades. Blake Bortles, well, continued to be Blake Bortles. And, you know, yeah. the shiny gleam of that year went away. So I get it. They're trying to, you know, do some stuff. If the guy can still win, if he's got a little bit left in the tank, I mean, it's not like he was sitting at home. He's been playing minor league baseball. He's been on the New York Mets, you know, um, spring training squad the last couple seasons. He's been still playing at a high level outside of the, you know, off the football field. So, um, you know, it's hard to kind of, anyway, in that regard, he's still in good shape. He's still been playing professional sports. So I don't think it's a big risk in that regard because if the guy turns out he can play right you might actually win the locker room a little bit with this move because that's kind of sometimes the stuff that can rally around i don't think it's going to fracture too much in there because unless unless you've got three other tight ends on this roster and they all outperform tebow in you know in 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 uh, exhibition games and everything and you cut two of those guys and give tebow a roster shot then you might cause some some locker room issues. Initially, I don't think guys are going to care too much. They know Urban Meyer won a lot in college. This is right. not new. Guys, do, get, a head coach gets hired, and they go out, and they get their guys. Right. Kyle Shanahan did this when the 49ers hired him. He didn't, he didn't go and get a guy that he coached nine years ago. That's not what I'm saying. But he went and took Tevin Coleman. Any guys that the, the Falcons, from when he was offensive coordinator there, didn't want, he went and brought them into San Francisco. But we see this. It, it, it's it's ongoing in the NFL. It's very much a relationship business. Well, and I mean, you know, you see that in basketball as well. I mean, yeah. Bill Jackson, when he took over the Lakers head coaching job, you know, he brings in Horace Grant. He brings in, you know, Ron Harper. Excellent You know, points. he yes. brings in guys that, you know, um, he obviously coached and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, he brings in his own coaching staff. I mean, there's a certain level of familiarity that exists there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you're Urban Meyer and you've been out of the league, you know, you haven't been coaching in the NFL. You yeah, know, you right. want to bring in guys that know your system, that know how you like to coach and totally. can be communicators. Now, why he's not just a coach? I mean, yeah. I get it. He's still young enough. He can still possibly play, sure, like you sure. said. You know, yep. he's played yep. uh, professional baseball. You know, obviously, this is his crack, you know, probably his last chance effort to yeah. make a roster yeah. or whatever. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you see that all the time. You know, Daquan Jones, uh, defensive tackle uh, for the Titans, you know, he went out and said the Tebow deal just shows that personal relationships go further at this level than actual ability. You know, again, I think Completely you're right. True. I think, he, <laughs> yes. And I, but I think, you know, he's missing a little bit of the fact that, like you said, I mean, this is a winner. This is a guy that yeah. can play. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? I, I, it's a low-risk, high-reward type situation. That's, you know, yeah, I, I disagree slightly with you about the, you know, putting butts in seats. Because if this is your third string, fourth string tight end, he's not he's not on the field, F at all. Yeah. But yet you've yeah. got the number one overall pick that's going to put butts in yeah, seats. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I do think that, you know, so... Good point. That, that's the yeah, one thing that yeah. I think is anytime a team gets a number one draft pick, yeah, they want to see him play. You're going to be filling up those stands for the time being until proven oh, totally. that the dude can't play. Yeah. In which case, yeah. then you've got the backlash. But yeah. even still, I, I it's low risk, high reward. Totally. And and you know what? This is something I haven't heard mentioned, but I kind of I kind of really like this. So you got Trevor Lawrence coming in, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. he played co- close to home too. There's obviously a lot of hoopla about him, but. Now nobody's gonna be nobody's talking about Trevor Lawrence and whether you know how quick he's gonna be able to win. Right. We're all talking about Tim Tebow. Yeah. I like it. The focus isn't on right. this, this kid that's been anointed the greatest quarterback now for three or four years. Yeah. They knew about this kid when he was 17, getting high accolades, and this is gonna be the next great NFL quarterback at 17. So 
this has been building for a while. I kind of like it. Now the pressure's not on him. Nobody's yeah. talking about Trevor Lawrence. So. Well, until we get closer to the season. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, you know, um, in closing, to wrap up the Tebow thing, just kind of like what we, you know, to, to go back to the comment you just kind of hinted on, the coaching in the NFL is very much this way. This yeah. is how guys get jobs in the NFL. This is why the league bends over backwards and comes up with rewards for teams for trying to hire minority coaches mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. league. It's been a problem because the relationships run deep. If you look at it, um, it, it's just how it goes. You look at a lot of the coaching hires lately, and you know McVay got hired a few years ago, hot young coach. Anybody that coached with McVay, that knew McVay, that you know mm-hmm. uh, held a clipboard for him, is getting hired because they're the next hot thing. So you go sure. around the league. Kyle Shanahan, the Packers coach, Lafleur, Arthur Smith just got a job with the Falcons. Uh, Shanahan's D coordinator just got a job, of course, Salah with the with the Jets. So it's very much that kind of business. So I'm really not surprised by that at all. And I don't think players in it right now should really be that surprised right. either. Like it's a business and it's been gone going for decades. Not right. shocked by it. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, there's our our little Tim Tebow, uh, yep. you know, take for today. So. All right, guys, we'll take a quick segment break, and then when we come back, we've got, of course, a full heavy dose of NBA Talk, Balls and Beards podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beers Podcast, episode 25. We are moving right along. Gave you a little Tim Tebow talk, and now we're going to dive into the NBA playoffs, of course, are around the corner. We're going to lead off the NBA talk with Mikey's Lakers, of course. They scored a huge W the other day. Let's not forget, before that game against the Suns, everybody was, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on with the Lakers? It's the end of the world. And then AD happened. Yeah. A 123-110 victory over the Suns happened. Yeah. And then an OT victory over the Knicks last night where the Lakers flexed defensive muscle in the fourth quarter in overtime to pull out that victory happened. Yeah. And now I think it's a, a little different tune we're singing about the Lakers. But anyway, Mikey, yeah. I want to lead off with your Lakers. And I am, uh, of course, excited to get your take on the developments of late and how you feel about your boys with the playoffs around the corner. Well, you know... Um, I feel slightly more optimistic than I did uh, a week or so ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, obviously, you know, the Lakers were for the most part of the season the best team in the NBA. Um, you know, certainly the best team in the Western Conference. We were holding on to that number one seed for for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then you know, AD went down with his injury, right. missed thirty games. Then LeBron got hurt. You know, ten yeah. games later, now he's missed twenty some odd games. You know, and obviously when your star two players are missing time and significant time at that, that's going to hurt you. Of course. Um, yep. You know, defensively, we've still been one of the better teams in the NBA, statistically speaking. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, and that's been an impressive feat. Um, you know, to the tune of Frank Vogel campaigning for guys like Alex Caruso and KCP to be on, you know, the all NBA defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's right. Um, yeah, I can't argue. You no. know, I, I I like I like where we're at. I mean, I get it. We got three we got three games left. We got Houston tonight. We got Indiana, and then we finish off the season in New Orleans. Um, you know, the last two games on the road. Yeah. Um, you know, we're right there. We're one game behind Dallas. Um, you know, Dallas. You know, I, I think we have a potential chance to catch Dallas. Um, you know, they still have a few games left. They got to play the Pelicans here tonight. And then they play Toronto, who's got nothing to play for anymore. So who knows? That could be a spoiler-type yeah, game. Yeah. And then Minnesota's played better basketball as of late with Carl yeah, Anthony Towns yeah. and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So, again, and that's in Minnesota. You know, who knows? I mean, by that point in time, you know, maybe the Lakers lose tonight against Houston. I hope to God not because it's the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, who knows what could happen, yeah. right? So, you know, maybe there's a chance that these last couple games don't matter so much for Dallas and they can just skate in. You know, if we end up with that, you know, seventh seed and, you know, that means we're going to have to go up against the Golden State Warriors. Um, yes, but it's, yes. it's all we got to do is at the seven, eight spot, all you got to do is win one game and then right, you're, and in. you're in, yep. you know, but if you lose that game, you then play whoever wins the nine, 10 game. Mm-hmm. 
So that would be either Memphis or San Antonio. Um, you know, I'd rather play Memphis or San Antonio than the Golden State Yeah, Warriors. I think Steph Curry's been on a tear. Yeah, yeah. You're going up against, you know, that would be two heavyweight teams with two totally. MVP-type players yes. or multiple MVP yep. players on both rosters. Now, granted, it would be in L.A. with minimal fans, but there's still right. some element of home court there. Oh, yeah. I, that's a, you know, that's one game, potentially two-game series. I, you know, I... I don't know, man. I, Golden State would be a tough out, dude. You just never I know. Totally Golden Steph Curry gets hot, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know you're in trouble. Now yeah. there is not, you know, there is no Clay Thompson. I, I think we've got enough guys that we could make it harder for Curry to score. Dennis Schroeder should be back on Saturday. That's what the rumor is. Yep. Um, you know, you have Alex Caruso, KCP, Wes Matthews. Uh, Talon Horton Tucker, you know, you've got a lot of guys you can throw. If LeBron's healthy, you can have LeBron guard Curry. Yeah, yeah. You know, Anthony McKinney's sitting over there on the bench, not been used a whole hell of a lot. He's long and lengthy. You know, and you've got Anthony Davis. Yeah. As was the case against Phoenix the other day, Phoenix had zero answer for Anthony Davis. He had an absolute beast of a game. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. So, you know, that that exposed, I think, a glaring uh, thing with the Phoenix roster. You know, and granted, Brooks, uh, you know, or uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, brain fart here. Um, God, man, total, total brain fart. Total brain. Devin Booker. Oh, Booker. Uh, Yeah, Devin Booker. Devin Booker didn't have a great game uh, against the Lakers. Yeah, he struggled a little uh, bit. Yeah. You know, uh, DeAndre Ayton was pretty much rendered useless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, and and Chris Paul didn't have a good game. So, you know, does that happen again over the course of the playoffs? I don't know. But it was a good thing to see as a Laker fan that we were able to take one of the hotter teams, a team that's been going up against you know, the Utah Jazz for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Yes, Conference, yes. And absolutely go toe-to-toe with them and get squeak out a double-digit win. Yeah. And do so in a relatively convincing fashion. There was never really a point in that game where the Lakers were in doubt of losing that game. Yep. Anthony yep. Davis made a point yeah. to go out there and be like, nah, we're winning this we're game. Winning this game. You period. know, and then you look at the game last night and you had guys that were, you know, unsung heroes. You know, yeah. you had Wesley Matthews come in and hit that shot. That yeah. Game. Ridiculous, like put back yeah. off of offensive rebound. Talon Horton Tucker turns the ball over, comes down, and hits potentially what was the game winner, you know, and that was big. And he finished with double digit assists. So yeah. I mean, it was a huge yeah. game from him from a playmaking yep. standpoint. You know, he's really, admi- you know, uh, putting himself out there for Laker fans in terms of, you know, showing what he can bring to the table. He's long and lengthy. He can guard multiple positions on the floor. He's incredibly crafty with the basketball. He gets in that paint. He's got these kind of herky-jerky moves, but he finds a way to get in there and get to the rim and make things happen. And obviously, he can make things happen for his teammates. Totally, yeah. So, I like where the Lakers are at. You know, you're going to get LeBron back, uh, you know, and, and there's going to be some rust there, which worries me a little bit. But, you know, maybe this is the time where he really takes a step back and says, you know what? I don't have to score. Yeah. I got right. all these guys around me. I got, yep. I got Schroeder. I got AD. I got Drummond. You know, I got these guys around me, Town Horton Tucker, Kyle Kuzma, KCP. Yep. I got these guys that can do that for me. Yeah. And if I need to rally off, you know, six, seven, eight points, you know, yeah, yeah. In, a, in a rush, yep. I can I can probably find a way to do so. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to distribute the basketball. And, you know, you always have to be concerned about his offensive threat. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. But if he's getting his teammates involved, much like Kobe back in the day, yeah, Kobe made yeah. those some of those conscious decisions at the beginning of games to get his teammates involved, and then he took over down the stretch, and it yeah. made the Lakers a formidable opponent. Totally. You know, and obviously LeBron has that ability as well. So I like where the Lakers are at, dude. I, I think that, you know, we're in good position. The Warriors worry me. But at that 7-8 spot, we yeah. do have that ability to play that second game to get that number 8 seed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in which case we'd be going up against the Jazz. Yeah. And I like us matched up in a seven-game series against either Phoenix or the Jazz. I agree. I really, I I really don't totally have. I agree. Yep. You know, if you're looking at the Jazz, you know, Donovan Mitchell's done for the season. Well, done for the regular season. Regular They're season. shutting him down. Okay. Mike Conley, yep. I think it's the same kind of thing. Okay. You know. 
they got other guys on that roster that have stepped in and and, and taken over playmaking abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what can the Jazz do over the seven game series, especially if LeBron is healthy and shows that he's healthy? Um, who do they have right. to really stop them? Sure. I don't know, man. Um, I, but I like our chances against either one of those teams. I and agree. It yeah. sucks for either one of them because they played ridiculously good basketball for they have. the yeah. majority of the yeah. season. Yeah. And to get potentially a first-round matchup against the defending champs is not something that I would be excited about. Yeah, no, not at all. Here's your re- reward for, yep. you know, such a fine season. You're kind of like breakout type of season. But, um, yeah, man, hey, I, uh, I've i been very impressed, of course, with the Lakers last couple nights as well. Uh, you know, I, last night, I think, helped to emphasize just how good of a playoff team you guys are. You guys are built for the playoffs. Right. I think you can look you look at last night's game and you kind of see what the ceiling is going to be for the Knicks. They play defense, so they have a chance to, you know, maybe make some a little bit of noise in the East. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you got Julius Randle and Derrick Rose. And if R.J. Barrett isn't making shots like last night, there's no other. That's it. Like, right. there's not a whole lot else. You look at the Lakers, like you just pointed out, and you went down the box score. I mean, you had a bunch of dudes in double figures. Mm-hmm. Any given night, and that was with Alex Caruso barely playing last night. He's another guy that can give you double-digit points sure. on any and given he, night. He would, he'd been scoring in the two games prior, yeah. you know, in the Phoenix game, the game before that. You know, he had been right. playing well, and he'd been scoring the basketball. Exactly. So, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, obviously, no LeBron, no no Schroeder. You know, if those two guys are playing, you probably got two more guys at double figures last night. So, I like yeah. the, the fact that on any given night, you got basically eight solid players that can go in double figures. Sure. And, and a lot of them could go for 20 if you need them to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I like, I just like how you guys seem to be built very good for the postseason. Not rushing LeBron back, just, you know, other guys have been able to step up. These two wins have been big, of course. You know, now LeBron can, if he wants to rest a couple extra games here and Mm -hmm. and just kind of get ready for that push. Totally agree. Probably not super thrilled to want to play the Warriors for that, you know, uh, that first game. But, um, you know, we know the NBA is licking their chops for that that matchup. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're loving that. But uh, to kind of build off of what you were talking about, Looking at who could potentially be the one versus eight and two versus seven matchups. I mean, if the if it, if it holds and that playing tournament holds out, and you've got the Lakers and Warriors coming out of it as the seven and eight seeds, no matter what. Right. And those are going to be the teams playing the Jazz and the Suns. It'll be interesting how there's no gimme. That's for sure, yeah. right? I mean, gosh, you got the 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 two basically most experienced playoff teams kind of going against inexperienced teams right. with the Jazz and Suns. Potential for who knows what could happen in those playoffs. So, um, interesting there. But, yeah, man, I I, I like it. And, and like you said, you know, you're a game back of the map. So, you know, maybe you catch them. I mean, we talk, you talked about the closing stretch there. I think the Lakers can win all three of those games. Sure. So, um, well, no, Zion Williamson's down for the year. Yeah, He's Zion's done. Anymore. Yeah, you know. Brandon Ingram hasn't been playing, so I, would, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down for yeah. the rest of the Last season. Last game of the year, and they're going to be, they're out of it. So, right. the Pels. So, right. yeah, I mean. I mean, they um, could play spoiler. I mean, depending on what happens sure. in the next two sure. games or what happens, you know, I mean, Golden State's on a four-game winning streak. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're on a two-game winning streak. You know, who knows what could happen. And there yeah. could still be some jostling position. I mean, there's an off chance that maybe we get you know, that, that number eight spot instead of the seven spot. But, you know, even still, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like those are three games that are winnable games, in which case we go into the playoffs on a five game winning streak. I, yeah. I'd like that. Yeah. Nice, man. So now before we, we move on to the next one, mm-hmm. I just want to mm-hmm. get your take, Mikey, as a Lakers sure. fan right yeah. now. And you already kind of mentioned you, 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 you're pretty confident with you match up against both the Jazz or the Suns. Sure. Lakers fan, ideal scenario. What matchup do you want to see in the first round? You, I mean, you were looking at the Jazz, Suns, and Clippers. It looks like those are probably going to be the top three seeds. I mean, maybe the Nuggets bump, bump the Clips for that third spot. Right. Um, but, you know, you have to pick one. Who would you rather play in the first round? You know, I, I, I there's initial part of me would say I'd want to play Utah. Knock out that number one seed. Sure, you know, sure. In, Get them in out of the way. Six games, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think that, you know, that would be, that would be good. 
But I just I think just from a I don't like him as a player standpoint, and mm-hmm. I really want to see him not succeed. And you know maybe maybe that's a semi-controversial tone. I'd want to knock out Phoenix. All right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I I think that you know they played well. Chris Paul has not had a great success, you know, in the playoffs. Good point. Um, yeah. You know, I I would, I think that they would be potentially an easier out. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that you know if we could knock that series out in you know five games, that gives us the ability that we can rest up, you know, and then that gives us a second round matchup against you know either the Clippers or Dallas, which you know you could argue. You know, maybe we take the path of the eight seed, play Utah, possibly try and knock off Utah, and then we play either Denver or Portland, which gives us a slightly easier path to the Western Conference Finals. I would agree with that. But yeah. depending on how the Clippers do, you know, and obviously the Golden State Warriors wouldn't be an easy out for either Utah or Phoenix. I mean, totally again, agree. You're yeah. About, yeah. You know, yeah. Out of anybody in the West, these are the two teams that have won outside of Toronto, sandwiched in there. Two of the last three championships have been won by these two teams. Good so, yeah. you know, either way, it's not going to be easy. But, you know, you go that Utah route and then, you you know, I, I don't know. I, I think a Western Conference matchup against the Clippers would be obviously must-see TV. Oh, totally. But a playoff matchup against the Clippers, period, considering we didn't get that last year. Yes, yeah. I think would be huge either way. So, again, totally I agree. lean towards I'd want to play Phoenix in the first round. Um, again, feeling pretty good after that win uh, yeah, the other yeah, day. Definitely. I think yeah. that that exposed some things within Phoenix roster that I, I think maybe over the yeah. course of a series doesn't necessarily always happen. You're not going to hold DeAndre Ayton to you know under double digit points necessarily game in and game out. Right. But right. he's inexperienced. Yeah. Um, Devin Booker. You know we had a lot of guys defensively that we threw at him. He had a very un-Devin Booker-like game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that defensively, we've got a good blueprint of how we can slow him down. Totally. And you've got guys like Jay Crowder and stuff like that that can put the ball in the hole. You know, they've got playoff experience, things of that nature. But, you know, if you're rolling out Dario Saric to try and guard, you yeah, know, Anthony Davis, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, dude. Like, you you know, yeah. Anthony Davis, barring, you know, his health is good. I, I just don't see who on Phoenix's roster can slow him down. Yeah. Um, and then you have to worry about, you know, Drummond's rebounding and his ability to create second chance right. opportunities. Yeah. Yep. Montrose Harold, the same ability. Um, not to mention he's got better hands inside the paint. Yeah. And then of course you got Marcus Gasol who can stretch the floor. He's got playmaking. He can play defense and he's proven over the last, you know, few games that he's valuable in off the yeah. bench as well. Yep. So yeah, I like that matchup against Phoenix and you know, I, I, I take Phoenix. Yeah, if I was a Lakers fan, uh, that would be the one I'd want to. You know, very uh, same thing. Just wanted to get your take on that quick. You know, I mean, but yeah, for, for the sure. reasons you said, too. I mean, you know, Chris Paul, great player, great regular season, winning percentage, turning stuff around, like you pointed out. Not not much success at all in the postseason. And then you look at their other kind of two really key star young players with Booker and Aiden zero playoff experience with those guys so that would be the matchup i'd want to so um all right guys we're yeah. gonna take one more another you know quick segment break and when we talk back when we come back excuse me we've got to talk some russell westbrook of course yeah. the history making machine balls and beards podcast back everybody balls and beards podcast episode 25 moving right along we've given you a little tebow talk we've covered mikey's lakers and now we've got to talk about of course mr russell westbrook the triple double machine of course past uh the great oscar robertson for the most career triple doubles in nba history uh the wizards are continuing to win they've been playing some pretty good basketball over the last 20 games Mikey, yeah. what is your take on Mr. Russell Westbrook? I know you and I have a kind of a interesting, you know, relationship with him and how we feel about him, but um, he just continues to make history, dude. Um, yeah. What What are your thoughts on him passing the big O for the all-time triple-double uh, mark? Yeah, you know, I mean, first of all, that's not an easy feat to do. That was at least, you know, 
a few years ago was kind of one of those records, kind of like a Laker, you know, 71-72 Lakers winning 33 games in a row. Yeah. Or Kareem being the scoring champ at over 33,000 points over yeah. his career. You know, and now it's looking more like, especially with the more, the longer LeBron plays, the better chance he has of catching the cap. Yep. You know, so I think that 33-game winning streak's probably relatively safe. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. But, you know, as of a few years ago, you know, his record of 181 triple-doubles seemed to be virtually out of reach. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so kudos to Russell Westbrook for putting in, you know, completely, you know, etching in stone his name in the record books. And this gets him an easy pass into the Hall of Fame. I agree. You know, yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting to note that regardless of you know the fact that he broke the record you know and that's cool and maybe i'm wrong you know i don't i didn't see quotes from him after the game um but they lost the game yeah yeah and I, and i you know you look at his stats and you know it was 28 points 21 assists and 13 rebounds and yet you lost the game you were yeah. responsible for damn near 90 points yeah. If you assume that some of those assists are two pointers, which they're not. Right. But you know, you you were responsible for three quarters of the points, and yet you lost the game. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, you're jostling for playoff position and stuff like that. And I'm sorry, I don't care who you are. There's no way that you could tell an a, a, an NBA fan. Yeah. Hey, if I give you as a player 28 points, 21 assists, and 13 rebounds, mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 are gonna say I won the game. Yeah. I, I, you know, how many people are going to say, did you win or lose? Yeah, you yeah, those, yeah, these are your stats. Yeah, yeah. Did you win the game or lose the game? game? Right. Yep. 10 out of 10 are going to say, I won the game. There's no yeah, way that yeah, you can lose the totally game. Yeah, totally won the game. Yeah. He lost the game. Yep. You know, and, and, you know, we were talking about it, and so I looked it up. He has a good winning percentage over the 182 games. It surprised he, it, it both surprised of us, actually, I thought yeah. it was going to be worse. So, <laughs> I did, too. My I bad. Yeah. But out of the 182 games that he has a triple-double, his record is 136 and 46. Yes. So 74.7% winning percentage. So it's damn near 75%. Three-quarters of the games that he gets a triple-double, he does win. Yep. But again, you know, I when, when you think of Russell Westbrook, he's a competitor. But I don't like this idea that people put out there that being a competitor equates to winning. Right, yes, yes. How many kids are out there on the playground competing and yeah. not winning? Yeah. Right? Like, I, I just, I don't understand that. This is a guy that's been to one NBA final yep. as a young player with yep. the OKC Thunder years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah, years ago, you're right. And yep. Ran into LeBron James. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, he had some, he had overall good success in OKC. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Went to Houston, did not that did not go well. That didn't work. Yep. Yep. Now he's in Washington. They started off really slow, really, really bad. Slow, really On this bad. podcast alone, you know, we were questioning whether or not Scotty Brooks would have a job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what was going on totally. there in Washington. You know, all fair. Yeah. Fair I, assessment. Absolutely. They're in the midst of the playoffs. They're, yep. they're in the play-in tournament as of right now. There's most likely going to be in the playoffs. In some capacity, they're currently sitting at number ten, they're right behind Indiana. Indiana's got a big matchup on Saturday against the Lakers. Yep. Who knows? They might be able to take, you know, that number nine spot. Pretty much, they're locked into that nine ten. I, I don't think that they're necessarily going to creep up uh, two spots and take Charlotte or anything like that. I agree. Boston yeah. had some big breaking, you know, terrible news that Jalen Brown's going to be done for the season. He, he oh. hurt his wrist. Oh, He's out. Wow. Yeah. So that's a huge blow. He's their second best player. That is a huge um, blow. I'm, I'm, you know, no offense to Kimball Walker, but outside of Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown's their second best player, at least this season. I agree. Losing yeah, him totally. That's that a great two-way player. Yeah, yeah so that's a big that's loss. No bueno. But I think that, you know, they're fairly locked into that 9-10 spot, which means like... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Indiana, you've got another triple-double machine in, in Sabonis there. He just that's had another triple-double yeah, last yeah. night. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting matchup. But again, going back to Westbrook, yep. you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here as a dude that's never played professional sports, let alone like any sort of outside of parks and rec basketball. I don't want to sit here and say that that was an easy thing to do. But growing up around basketball and watching basketball, and you look at the the rhetoric that's used by the all-time greats, and you look at yeah. how the media and fans judge players, it, it, it taints 
his record to me. Yeah. Because here's a guy that just doesn't have a tremendous amount of success and just, yeah. you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, he puts up these ridiculous stats, but, you know, it seems like he goes one for one. I mean, I know he's got a 75% winning percentage, but it seems like he goes one for one. He has a great game and then he has a bad game, but he puts up good stats and, and he loses the game. It's yeah. just really hard to kind of quantify what this dude's legacy is. And it's yep. hard for me to sit here and be like, he's an all-time great. When you look at the guys, he's been in the league long enough. You would think that he'd be able to figure it out in the playoffs to the point yes. of getting the job done and yep. leading his team to victory. How many times in OKC? Allegedly, he was one of the biggest reasons why KD left the squad. Yeah. He wanted out. Uh, he's one of the reasons, apparently, why James Harden wanted out of OKC. You know, everyone says he's a great teammate. He's a great teammate. Cool. But here's a guy that in his later years in OKC was throwing up 35-foot shots. He was really alienating the coaching yeah. staff. He was alienating players around him. That's that's and all valid. While, while they might say otherwise, body language, you know, Twitter, uh, you know, inside sources, you know, are saying otherwise. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's really hard, again, to sit here and say, you know, I can give him kudos as a basketball fan. You know, he's one of the best rebounding guards the league has ever seen. Agree 100%. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to take anything away from that. But I'm just, again, using the rhetoric that I've grown up with in almost 40 years of existence, championships and winning basketball and playoff series and getting the job done in the playoffs is where you cement your legacy. Totally. Totally. And so that's yep. where I lose it with, with yeah. Russell Westbrook. I just lose it. Yeah. I, I can't I can't sit here and be like, absolutely, this guy is an absolute winner when the proof is in the pudding and it hasn't happened. Mikey, I think that's well said, you know. So, <clears throat> you know, like, just like you, first off, congratulations to Russell Westbrook. I, I, you know, totally very difficult, like you pointed out, Mikey, to do what he does. Phenomenal athlete. Totally, 110%. I, I give him all the kudos. A couple years back when, when he you know won that MVP and put in his first year of actually averaging that triple-double, first player since the Big O, I thought, it was, I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was one of the best things I'd seen in sports in a long time. He's done it a few times since then, but I, we can't ignore the fact that the league has gotten more offensive you know it is easier this year in particular we are seeing record amount of points being scored record amount of blowouts record amount of all kinds of just offense going on and I think we've talked about it before on past podcasts you know the quick NBA turnaround from last season of course in the bubble and everything I think has a part to do with that of course but it's officiated different the league's a little bit different that way um you pointed it out. I was surprised too when when you look at that, you know, winning percentage and all those triple doubles. It's been phenomenal. But the thing about it, and you were just talking about it, is his game just doesn't seem to translate to the postseason. Yeah. Otherwise, they would be his teams would have a lot more success. And the other thing that is kind of mind-boggling about Russ is with with the way that he his game right and all of these stats and, and everything like this you would think teams would be chomping at the bit to build their team around him you you would have thought that you know that Oklahoma City would have never let this guy go even after KD left you would have done everything you could to build your roster around him and win because you should be able to win with a guy like this you know it was a different era but the big O didn't get shopped around all over the place, you know? I mean, he was a centerpiece for Milwaukee and, and some of the teams he played on for a long time. They built around him. I mean, typically, that's what you would see. It, you know, it like you pointed out, went to Houston, didn't work out, you know? Um, reportedly, KD, Harden, maybe didn't want to play with him. Um, he shipped off to Washington. Until the last 20 games, and we talked about it, they were not good. They, Washington was terrible this year and really underachieving. Last 20 games, they've been playing great. One of the best teams in the NBA, 15-5. and five, They've continued it. Russ has nine straight triple-doubles, but it just seems that his game doesn't translate to the postseason. Yeah. So, I mean, without some kind of postseason success, it would be interesting to see what else goes on but I, I think the knocks are completely valid because like you pointed out that's what it's all about and that's what the old timers talk about and even though 
guys like you know Malone and Stockton didn't win that that you know championship. Right. They made it to the finals a couple yeah. years ago through a loaded Western Conference at yeah. that time as well. Um, and they were successful in the playoffs. Even those years, they won a lot of playoff games, a lot of playoffs. Right. Well, and I mean, you know, you, you look at guys, you know, Gary Payton cemented some of his legacy, you know, and, and totally. the NBA finals yeah. that he went to yeah. know, when he was with Seattle, you know, was against the Bulls. And much like the Jazz, you know, probably would have had a championship yeah. prior to, yeah. you know, his finals appearance with the Lakers in 2004 yep. or eventually yep. winning with Miami, you know, so, but they were hard fought battles totally, and, and yeah. you know what I mean? And, and yeah, these are absolutely. guys that, and even if you go back to, you know, a Steve Smith in Portland or subsequently with San Antonio sure. or, you know, you look at, and granted he won, yeah. but you know, you look at, okay, here's a, here's a good example. You look at all those years that, um, you know, Sacramento had success Yeah. with yeah. Lade and Chris Webber and Jason yeah. Williams and Doug Christie and those guys. Sure. And you know. They weren't. They didn't win in the playoffs, and they, you know, they kind of, they always fell short, obviously, and they always right. ran into the Lakers. But yep. at the same time, these were guys that cemented their legacy, and they, they did so in a way that didn't make you think about what their shortcomings might have been. And look, yeah. I'm not a huge. I mean, obviously, as a Laker fan, I hate the Kings. Sure. But you know, at least you go in there and you were like, these were hard fought series. These weren't, you know, four and outs. I mean, these yeah. were these were hard fought series. They were. And right now, while you were breaking it down so so beautifully, I looked it up, and according to BasketballReference.com, yes. Russell Westbrook has 106 starts in the playoffs. Okay. His record is 54 and 52. Wow. He's got a 500 record essentially. There you go. Two games above 500 record in the playoffs. And so he's got 44 double doubles, and he's got 10 triple doubles. So of those 106 games, he's got. 54 games where he had at least a double double or triple double so you know subsequently those are all you know that's the same number of wins he has yeah not to say yeah, that you know yeah. that that that's you know <laughs> that equates but you know it, it just you look at you know the amount of, of of games and it's just yeah i don't know it's just really hard when you've got a 75 percent winning percentage when you put up triple doubles and then you come in the playoffs and you've got a 500 winning percentage, yeah. you've got a 50% winning percentage. Yep. Obviously, that's, I don't know how you could say that that's that. Granted, I get it. He's not a one-man team. Oh, yeah, totally. So that, right. that requires yeah, yeah, so yeah. many other sure, things. Of course. you got in-game adjustments. you got in-between game adjustments. You've got you know whether or not you could right. be passing the hell out of the basketball yeah, and right. your teammates aren't hitting shots and they're being played yeah. well defensively. It's hard to get rack-up assists and it's hard to do some of those things. Great points. But... You know, again, I, I don't know. We talked about this, I think, on last week's episode. Do we have to start kind of rethinking what success means in the NBA? Yeah, right. Or in sports yeah. in general? Yeah. Or or is it that win-loss column? Is it what you do in the postseason that really ultimately matters? You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you would sit here if you were a GM and look at Westbrook and look at a Derek Fisher and be like, or a Tyron Lue or something like that and be like, you know what? Uh, yeah. I'm taking Ty Lue or Derek Fisher over Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. But then when you look at their records, you know, uh, Derek Fisher, for example, you look at his record in the postseason. Yeah, dude. And you know, I look at Westbrook's record in the postseason. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I look at that a little bit differently. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I again, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Um, I think it's. But I. Again, I'm trying not to take too much away, but I, yeah, I think it's war- yeah, the conversation's dude. warranted. I, because I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Especially not being a, a huge fan of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And, you know, hey, people can come at me all you want. At Mikey Likes It. Mikey yeah. with the Y. Hit me up on Instagram. I, you know. There we go. Bring hey. it. Well, and, and one, the, the last thing I'll say about it, and again, I'm not trying to rag on him either. I mean, I think he's at 22 points, 11.6 boards, 11.6 assists. Those are his numbers this year. That That's phenomenal. No matter, you know, how the league's being officiated and all those other things, phenomenal type stuff. In closing, I will say there's been very few players that have been afforded the kind of ball dominance that Russell Westbrook has been afforded. So the knocks are valid because... It, he is so ball dominant that it 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 makes the whole that it makes the whole team go that way. You know, like he has to have the ball in his hands to be performing. So that limits what everybody else could do. Right. So therefore, it's gonna fall on him when you when you have that much ball dominance. And so maybe that approach 
isn't just isn't working that great, right? I mean, like you just pointed out, it's only equating to winning one game and losing the next one in the playoffs for your career. So, yeah. um, anyway, and, and just uh, just a yeah, heads up, just yeah. Comparatively speaking, Derek Fisher in 158 starts. Yeah. But but you know, in in his playoff record as a player, he was yeah. 161 and 98. Well, there you go. I mean, again, <laughs> with some, one double double. Yeah. Hey, sometimes. Knowing your role and dominating in it is better than, you know, being the dominant guy and need the ball in your hands. But, you know, if you're not creating right, if guys aren't hitting shots like you said, if you're not hitting shots yourself, it can all go to the white side pretty quick. So yeah. when it's one guy so dominant, um, yeah, you know, that, and, you know, I think that's kind of what happens with Ross in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that being said, you know, we still take our hat off to you and congratulations on the history making. I want to see what happens in the playoffs. If the Wizards could actually do something, if they can get out of the, you know, yep. they can get out of the the, the play-in tournament and actually cause some kind of a headache for one of these teams at the top of the East, which I don't see happening. But if they can, yeah, then you know what? We'll talk a little bit differently. But um, anywho. So yep. now we'll kind of move on. Of course, you know, the season is quickly winding down, Mikey. I think yep. everybody's got about three games left if, if uh, you know, we look correctly down the standings roughly. Um, but we kind of have a good idea of who's going to be in these playing tournaments, you know, not necessarily the exact matchups yet, but I think it's pretty well set the teams that are going to be in it. Yeah. Looking ahead to uh, some of the other standings and everything. I mean, uh, of course, I've got my eye on the East and whether my Bucks could – Still try to catch the Nets. They're a game behind, of course. We each have uh, three games left. It's a little bit easy, easier sledding for the Nets. All three of their games are at home. Spurs, Bulls, Cavs. My Bucks have, we're at, at the Pacers. We've got the Heat at home and we're at the Bulls. Still a manageable closing stretch, but um, we, we, we're going to need the Nets to drop one and to try and catch them. We will, would win a tie break to potentially flip with them. Right. Um, and then, you know, like you, you kind of hinted on, of course, the Lakers-Warriors potential matchup there. Uh, but taking a look at the standings, potential playoff previews. Um, dude, what do you think? What's your takeaways right now looking at it? Who do you like for these play-in tournaments? Um, you know, uh, who do you think is going to come out in, uh, in the winners in those? Uh, yeah, I mean, starting in the East, you know, if things stand the way that they are, you know, you got Indiana and Washington. Um, you know, I, I think that... Um, I think Russell, Russell Westbrook, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but despite everything that we just said, right. I think he's a huge difference maker. But if Sabonis can yeah. play as well as he's played, you know, then I think Indiana has a has a fighting chance. Sure. Um, you know, which would be a good kind of a, a feel-good thing considering, you know, some of the stuff that's been swirling around that franchise as of late concerning yeah. their head coach and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, good point, right. Which, yeah. I mean, regardless of what they do, win, lose, doesn't matter. I, I don't think uh, their coach... Uh, Nate Bjorken, I think his name is. I, I don't think he's going to be sticking around and, you know, holding it down on the sidelines next season for them. Um, you know, Boston and Charlotte, that's an intriguing one because, you know, with the loss of Jalen Brown, I think that that certainly means that Charlotte has a puncher's chance yeah. of, of making it into, you know, uh, uh, winning and getting that seventh seed. I, I agree, I think, yeah. You know, and Charlotte... You know, obviously, if you're Brooklyn, you probably are gunning for Charlotte to be that matchup with you as yeah. opposed to Boston. Because even with no Jalen Brown, with Kemba Walker, with yeah. Marcus Smart, with Jason Tatum, obviously. Yeah, good points, man. Um, and a well-coached team and a team that's been in the Eastern Conference Finals. They've had their own fair share of playoff battles. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think that you don't want to necessarily see them. They're a good defensive team. Yeah. But Charlotte's totally been a good here. defensive team, too. And, yeah, you man. know. Obviously, the knock on Brooklyn since the from the get of the season has been their defense. So, yeah. you know, either one of those, I think defensively, Charlotte's going to put more pressure on them than, than Boston. Yeah. But I think Boston defensively is going to be able to have more weapons to slow down Brooklyn. Yeah. So that's a very interesting dichotomy you have going on there. Um, you know, I think Philly's got a good chance. They're probably going to end up 
they're locking up that number one yeah, seed. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, Miami's been playing well as of late. Um, you know, yeah, they Jimmy have. Butler yeah. has been he's been playing more, and he's been the reasons why they've been inconsistent because he's not been in the lineup. He's been yeah, in and right. out of the lineup, yeah, yeah. but he's not playing. They're not nearly as good. Yeah, you're right. Um, but Miami's starting to come around, and again, you've got that deep playoff run that they made last yeah, year. Man. Complete yeah, man. Complete in the Eastern Final yeah. or to the NBA Finals. You know, do you really want to, you know, see them in the second round? Obviously, Atlanta would be a good matchup just from the standpoint of inexperience. Yeah. Um, You know, and just, you know, seeing what Atlanta would be capable of doing come playoff time. Sure, sure. You know, I I think the one matchup that really intrigues me in the East, dude, currently, is your Bucks going up against the Knicks. I mean, you have the good defense of the Knicks. You're going to have absolutely raucous Madison Square Garden. The first yeah. time the playoffs oh, yeah, have been totally, there in a yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah. you got a team that's confident, and yes, they lost, but Derrick Rose has been playing good yeah, basketball. Been playing he good. he yeah. absolutely was essential in the victory over the yeah. Clippers prior to the loss to the Lakers. Um, you know, he's playing good basketball. You know, Julius Randle, my most improved player of the year, and, you know, probably yeah. a guy that... Unfortunately, he's not going to get it, nor is he going to get much consideration. But a guy I would consider to be an MVP candidate. In, oh yeah, in my I opinion. agree. Yeah, he's a, the I, fact I, that I he's agree. not higher yeah. up in in people's um, speaking yeah. of MVP, I, I think is kind of troublesome. But because uh, he's just agree, he's kicked man. it up an entire notch. Yeah, totally. Um, but that one's an intriguing matchup because you've got so many good things going on on both sides of of, of the court there for both teams. Milwaukee's playing really good basketball. How does New York slow down Giannis? Um, you know, Chris Middleton's playing well. He's shooting yeah, the ball points. really well. You yeah. know, uh, Drew Holiday is playing incredibly well for yeah. you guys right now. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, I think unfortunately, despite the things that Nick, the Knicks do well, they can't put the basketball in the hole nearly as much. You touched on that way earlier. Yeah. If R.J. Barrett is not able to score the basketball and you've got Derrick Rose and Julius Randle doing everything for you, it's going to be hard times. Yeah, That's totally probably agree. a four or five game series yeah. For, yeah. for Milwaukee. Um but yeah, man, I I think that that's an intriguing matchup. Um, I agree. You know, going out west, you know, Memphis San Antonio. I think that's a wash in the play-in tournament. I, I yeah. really do. I don't. It just depends on which team catches fire. I, I mean, agree. Yeah. San Antonio is the better coach team, but I yeah. think there's more talent. As much yeah. as I like Dejounte Murray, and I, I like you know DeRozan's having a good season. He was an MVP consideration for parts of the year. Sure. Memphis, I think just Jaron Jackson just came back. I think that they have a better squad. I think defensively they're probably yeah, a little I bit agree. better, um, and they've played more consistent basketball over the year. Yeah, we already touched on Golden State, LA. I'm not going to touch too much on them. Yeah, yeah you know Denver, Portland. There. I think that's an intriguing matchup. You don't totally, have Jamal man. Murray. Yeah, he's out for the yeah. year. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Um, he's been playing well. He's kind of really slid into that number two spot in Denver behind Jokic. However. Their big free, their big, you know, trade deadline acquisition of Aaron Gordon's not been playing well as of late. No, you're right. On yeah. either side of the basketball, yeah, you're right. and they yep. really need him to step up and play good basketball in totally, order for them to have a chance Definitely. in the playoffs. And you know, much like Russell Westbrook, Joker can do everything for that team. Yeah. And you know, I I think and obviously when you have a second fiddle like Jamal Murray, you know. That makes things that much easier and harder for the opponents. Easier for you, harder for opponents. Yeah. Dame Miller's playing really good basketball. Yeah, Terry totally. Stotts is kind of auditioning for either his next job and or to keep his job. True. Yeah. Uh, CJ McCollum's back. You got Carmelo Anthony playing good basketball. You know, that's that's not that's a that's a seven game series. I think, I between agree, Denver man. And I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that that's you know a very intriguing matchup. There's nobody on Denver that can slow down Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, you will have home court advantage if you're Denver, which bodes well for you and your playoff tested. But then again, so is Portland. Yeah. Yeah. You know, could this be the year that Portland goes on another run? You know, they always seem to be primed for that postseason run that gets everybody excited about the future of the franchise. And then they seem to fall apart or, you know, whatever. Yep. You know, the only other Dallas. matchup that, that I haven't really touched yeah. on is the Clippers against Dallas. Um I think that's a six, seven game series yeah, as well. Yeah, right. Uh, they have not. Clippers have not been playing great basketball right. over the last few. Um, you know, they yep. they have kind of struggled a little, a little bit. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's been in and out of the lineup. They're six and four in their last ten games. They have got a win, uh, but they lost to the Knicks. Or yeah, uh, they lost to the Knicks. 
um, you know, they, they kind of seem to have struggled a little bit. Yeah. They've kind of slipped a little bit of grip. And Denver could take them, potentially. Right, right. Um, you know, but I, you know, against that, Dallas, Dallas is another team kind of like uh, uh, Washington, Chris, that earlier on the season we were kind of wondering what was going on yeah, with them. Are they going to find their footing? Right. You know, I think the, the, the difference is, is that the Clippers have enough guys they can throw it at Luka. Yeah. To make things difficult for I him. agree, yeah. But this is a kid that's been playing professional basketball since he was a teenager. Yeah, is also true. Yep. So, <laughs> regardless of whether it was in Europe or the NBA, this is a guy yeah. that knows how to perform come crunch time. Yeah, totally. He's proven that. Yep. You know, he knows after he got his 15th technical foul, he's come out and talked about how he needs to be, you know, better mentally, not be so fiery, not sure. complain so much. We'll see how that transpires. Right. <laughs> but, you know... If, if Porzingis is remotely healthy, this is a Dallas squad. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been playing really well. Yeah. You know, this is a squad that I think could give the Clippers a run for their money. Yeah, I totally um, agree. You know, they, especially, they play good ball in the second half of the yeah, year. They absolutely. really have. Yeah. Kind of flying under the radar, but 100%. they really have. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and the Clippers' struggles in the playoffs are well known. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, last year notwithstanding, I mean, Deb, uh, Paul George still – you know, kind of struggles. We'll see what happens there. Pat yeah. Beverly's been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, yep. you've been running Reggie Jackson out there as your starting point guard. And, you know, it's it just Zubats. Is, I, I don't know. I, I think that this is an intriguing matchup. I think ultimately it comes down to defense. The Clippers play better defense. They're the hotter three-point shooting team. True, I think, true. You know, you've got one of the league leaders in, in three-point percentage. Um, with Marcus Morris Sr. on that yeah. squad, and then you also have Luke Kennard backing him up at number five, sure. currently in the top five. Morris is number two. Both of them are shooting over 45% from deep. Wow, there we go. The thing is is that, you know, Rick Carlisle is a great coach, man, and yeah, he's he a is. guy that can make yep. adjustments. Yep. They've got some defensive weapons on that Dallas squad. I, you know, we'll, we'll next week after things are settled in and we're we're pretty much locked into our playoff positions we can go much more oh, in detail yeah, totally about do. playoff yeah, positions yeah. but we'll, we'll you know i think either sure way there's some intriguing yeah. matchups going on and and it's going to be exciting playoff basketball without a doubt totally agree man um you know just to you know wrap it up <coughs> and, and before we wrap a shiny bow on episode 25 this week uh from a you know from a bucks fan perspective yeah. you know i I kind of want the Celtics. That's the team I'd like to draw out of out of this. You know, uh, I just feel like we meet we match up very well with them, especially now with Jalen Brown being out. So um, that would be fine. It, or the Knicks too. I mean, you know, I think that I agree with you. That would be an intriguing matchup right now for sure. Uh, they can play defense, that, mm-hmm. no doubt. Like mm-hmm. you, like you've talked about. So um, I mean, I want to avoid the Heat and the Hawks, which right now we are. So as long as we avoid those two teams in the first round, I'm okay. Uh, with whoever else we draw, but just from a fan standpoint, I really hope the Wizards come out and are the eight seed. I want to see them go against the Sixers. I want to see Russ Westbrook in the triple double machine, and if he can do, may even make a dent against the best team in the East this year. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, you know, how the Sixers would handle that because the Wizards have been playing good basketball lately, and you know the Sixers have just, you know, they've been playing good, but they've kind of had it on cruise control for a while as well. So. Um, and, you know, from that standpoint, I would certainly be intrigued to see that one. Um, I hope the Heat and Hawks hold up. I think that would be a great first-round series, like you touched on. And then, of course, um, you know, I'll be honest, the Western Conference, if it shook out exactly how it is today, I would be thrilled for that. I would love to see the Warriors and Jazz potential for an 8-1 upset there, of course. We already talked about the Lakers' Suns. I thought you just did a great job of breaking down the Clippers Mavs. It would kind of be a rematch from last year's first round, but you know, with the way the Mavs have been playing lately and playing strong, I think that has the potential to be a great series. And then uh, I think you totally again hit the nail on the head with the Nuggets Trailblazers. If that doesn't scream seven game series with the way those teams are, mm-hmm, you know, constituted mm-hmm. playing right now, I mean, oh man, we got we got potential for some great here juicy first round matchups. But um, yes, sir. Um, yeah, man, that's my take there. I, I really still think it's going to be, you know, no surprises, the Lakers and Warriors that come out of the play, play-in tournament in the West. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure about the Celtics now, but, you know, I, I'm going to say the Hornets and Wizards, as of right now, out okay. of the East. Okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah. uh, 
Oh, guys, Balls and Beards Podcast, episode 25. We thank you for joining us, of course, as always. We thank you for our support. And, um, you know, please check out our Patreon page, Balls and Beards Podcast, of course. Uh, if you feel intrigued, we have some bonus content in the, on there. And, of course, appreciate our patrons as well. So, um, guys, I hope everybody has a great week. I'll be super pumped for next week. And like you said, Mikey, we can jump in and we'll have some, pre, uh, you know, official kind of playoff matchups yeah. to break down. Yeah. Anything in closing for this week, brother? Nope. I hope everybody has a fantastic week. And uh, happy uh, belated birthday to uh, my Sophia. She turned 11 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Sophia. Happy 11th birthday. Absolutely. Balls and Beards podcast, guys. Episode 25 in the books. We'll see you all again next week.